What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Healthy alive. Doing well. Yourself? I'm not doing too bad. Yeah, you know, I wish I could say I'm ready to like go back to the gym, but um, yeah, things aren't really not open here. So yeah, um, but it is entirely possible that there is an explanation behind all of that, but we're still doing some looking. Uh, and then I, I do want to talk a lot of COVID stuff this afternoon. There's some uh, vaccine stuff that's out there. I want to talk some leadership hypocrisy uh, and what some people are doing to fight back in California of all places. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to cover today. But this morning, I really don't have too many complaints. Coffee isn't bad and it's still a little cold outside. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's all peachy, I suppose. And you know what? That that actually I wish I, I half wish it was summer because you could kind of argue against a lockdown during summer because, yeah, it's it's summer. And yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to say that people have golden flu in summer? No, it's not going to happen. I could also get some fresh peaches and I can make myself a peach pie. It'd be kind of nice. I could use the canned ones, yeah. but they're never the same. They're never the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, although at least in the the argument for the COVID uh, in the argument of the COVID lockdowns and stuff for me personally, just pulling out the constitution and saying it's not constitutional is more than enough for me. But, you know, I, I kind of believe in the law of the land. I do too. And you know what we Midwesterners say, praise God and pass the ammunition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'll have a slice that pie over there too. That'd be, that'd be great. Can you put a little whipped cream on it? That'd be, that'd be fine. Yeah. A little peach cobbler or something. Yeah. yeah peach cobbler. I, I, you know what? I would, blackberry cobbler is actually my favorite. Yeah. I good. would, I would love to, with some vanilla ice cream, I would love mm. to, um, make myself a, a pumpkin pie. And you know what? I might do that this week. I actually have all the stuff to, uh, to make one. I might actually do that. And pumpkins are, you can still get pumpkins here. Uh, you can get pumpkins most of the time of the year now. It's kind of strange, but well, um, canned. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Well, no, but. it can't. You know what? For the longest time, they didn't have pumpkin in a can over here for the longest time. They didn't. Hmm. And then it started to show up. And guess what I started to do? I started to buy it up like crazy <laughs> buy it up. just in case, because I'm like, oh man, this stuff's not going to go away. It's the same thing. If you, if you look at it, what are the what does the side of the can of pumpkin say? One hundred percent pure pumpkin. If you look at the ingredients, one hundred percent pure pumpkin. There's nothing else in it. Like there's no other ingredients. There's no preservatives or anything like that. But it's one hundred percent pure pumpkin. And so it's the same stuff. I mean, it saves you the time. Yeah. I, I I do use the real pumpkin, but it takes so long. You have to peel it. You have to chop yeah. it, and yet of course you get all the seeds and everything out of it. Which okay, fine. It is good. I mean, it is good. You have to cook it down and, and all that stuff. You have to mash it and mm -hmm. everything. So, I mean, getting it in the can actually just saves you that time. Sure. And I don't know if you have ever chopped a pumpkin, but it is hard as hell to cut that thing. Uh, and I mean, you basically have to use you got to use a chef's knife and a lot of elbow grease to get that thing cut uh, and and chopped down to a point where you can actually cook it. Can't say I've ever actually used pumpkin that wasn't in a can for cooking. It's it's always been in a can. Pumpkin yeah, pies around here, can. Yeah, of course, of course. But 
obviously, like I said, they didn't have it here for the longest time. Took them like mm-hmm. you know a few years to to get it over here, and I'm just like, don't you people have pumpkin in a can? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I I actually I, I was talking to somebody one time back in the states. I was on the phone with them, and uh, I said, yeah, I really want a pumpkin pie. And said, well, you know, just go go get one. I said, no, you don't understand. They don't. First and foremost, they don't have pie here, right? That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. So if Which you want one, you got. Which is weird. But first of all, I mean, if you want one, you got to make it. Okay, that's the first thing. I said, but I want a pumpkin pie. And they said, well, okay, well, why don't you just make one? I said, well, I have to actually go and get the pumpkin. The pumpkins are out of season and I can't get one this time of year. Well, just buy it in a can is what they said to me. And I said, you're not hearing me. I said, they don't have that here. They don't have pumpkin in a can. And the the response I got, this is how dependent Americans have become on convenient foodstuffs. The response I got was, well, then what are you going to do? I mean, substitute if you really get, want one that a, bad. You get a real pumpkin is what you do. I have to get a real pumpkin. I said, well, well, yeah, but if you wanted to make a pie, you could substitute and do like sweet potato pie. I mean, it's similar, but I it's could, not but for the, the same. I could, but for the longest time, would you believe they didn't have sweet potatoes over here either? <laughs> <laughs> they fin- I swear to God, they finally just showed up a few years ago. I love sweet potatoes. Obviously, I'm a Midwesterner. I'm, I'm from Ohio yeah. and, and you're from uh, down south in Oklahoma. I love sweet potatoes. I love them. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, they weren't here. And oddly enough, and I think I know why, sweet potatoes aren't actually potatoes. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, it's actually yeah, a we member just call them that way. We do. It's actually a member of the pumpkin family, a yeah. sweet potato. That's why it's so similar. Sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie. You can use either one, really. So are, are Germans just against the uh, gourd family of foods? No, they actually they have all that stuff. They have like butternut squashes and they have um, uh, uh, what is it? Like They have pumpkins. And you know what? I tell you what, when I go to the store that when I go back to the store uh, this week, I will grab one. I'll, I'll use it for mm-hmm. other things. I'll grab one and I'll show it to you. It is the strangest pumpkin you'll ever see. It's not like what we know as pumpkins. And mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. see I'll, I'll hold it up here so you can actually see it. When when you see it, you'll be like, my God, what is that thing? <laughs> it's really strange because maybe they had them here for the longest time and I was just walking over them and I didn't know because I, I mean, I would look at that thing. and I'm like, that's a pumpkin. And yeah, you could actually you could probably look it up. They call it a Hokkaido. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, H-O-K-K-A-I-D-O. Hokkaido pumpkin, and you'll see it. Is that a Japanese pumpkin? They grow them here. You can grow them actually in your backyard. I mean, during the right time of the season. You can grow them in summer, obviously, and then they're ready by fall. Red curry squash. More or less, yeah. That's what it is. And it's it's literally, it's a pumpkin. Interesting. Just from the photo, it looks like it's a... an orange or a, an orange onion or something, you know, uh, yeah, the shape but and everything. When but. You, now, do you, now do you see what I'm saying? If you, if you yeah, walk yeah. past it in the store, you yeah, wouldn't pay any, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, that. wouldn't even think that, wouldn't even no. think that. But yeah, that's a, uh, that's a pumpkin here. It's, it's what they use as a, as a pumpkin. And it's, believe me, I'm telling you, pumpkin pie is my favorite. I know what a pumpkin tastes like, and that's a pumpkin. Yeah, I, I'd like my pumpkin pie too, but, uh, Pecan pie is also a oh, yeah. favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. Love pecan so. pie. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know what? I don't think there's a single pie that I don't like. There was this diner around the corner from where I grew up, and I think we might actually talk about some topics today. I'm not sure. But there's this pumpkin there's this pumpkin pie around the corner from where I grew up, is what I almost said. There's this diner around the corner from where I grew up. They're out of business now, which is a shame, but through all this, they've probably been out of business anyway. COVID, but, right? Oh. Yeah. Oh no, no, this is long before that. But uh they they had homemade pies. And, you know, hometown down, you probably you've got one there. Oh, yeah. And uh, homemade pies every day. And they had the most amazing pie I've ever tasted to this day. And I've never actually seen another one like it. It was a raisin pie. Raisin pie. Interesting. Raisin pie. I, I can't say I've ever heard of a raisin pie, but uh, I hadn't either. until. Said. 
Yeah, I walked in. I said, what kind of pie you got? We got coconut cream. We got banana, uh, banana cream, which was also amazing, by the way. And we've got raisin. I said, huh? <laughs> raisin? He said, yeah, raisin. I said, give me a slice. I'll try it. Yeah, why not? Mm, yeah. And it was, it was delicious. It was delicious. So never huh. seen another one like it. Never seen another one like it. I know it. on the topic of food, it's not pie, but uh, talking about local uh, restaurants, uh, there was a local one where I grew up. Um, it was actually a, a, you could call it Tex-Mex probably, but it was a, a kind of a small Mexican food restaurant. And they made the best tacos I have ever had. And I don't know what the heck they used in their meat, but it is the best tacos I've ever had. And when the business closed down, uh, the recipe stayed with the family. They they wouldn't sell the recipe or, or give it you out know, or anything. So It's funny. It's funny. You, you talk about little things like that. Uh, there was a college town just up the road from where I grew up, and there was this little tiny thing. It's still there. As far as I know, it's still there. There was this little tiny... It was, it was literally, it was like a food truck, but it was um, a food trailer. And it was called the Burrito Buggy. <laughs> I swear they had the, it was just this little tiny thing. It was like the size of my desk here, right? I mean, it was, that was literally it, but it was absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. And it was just down the road from that. And I've talked about it here on this podcast before that it was just down the road from that sub shop that was the size of a closet that was called the hole in the wall sub shop. It was literally a hole in the wall. There was just a table, a cash register and the stuff to make a sandwich. That's it. They got the bread from the bakery around the corner. That's all it was. And there was just something about those little things like that that are disappearing all over the place. That is just you, you, you don't find anything else like it. That's what all this is about. It's about destroying our culture. It's about destroying our way of life is is that. And yeah, I, I think we, we're on to something. I think we might have an, an, an explanation as to why. But um, yeah. we're going to need a day or so to put that together. But anyway, like I said, we, we might actually talk about something this morning. I don't know. We, we talked about some good stuff there. I mean, I'm hungry now. So yeah, I'm, I'm hungry now, too. Now I'm like, damn it, I should have made that pie today. <laughs> PS5s seem to be the hot ticket item this year. Uh, we, you and I had a friend from uh, Ireland who was talking to us the other day, and he said that um, they're going for about two grand on the uh, yeah. on the side market. And he was able to grab one. I, what did he pay? What did he say he paid? Like four hundred or something like that. It's that's the um, so the going price for a digital edition is four hundred dollars, and the disc edition is five hundred dollars. Why is it five hundred dollars for a disc? You'd think it would be the other way around. Uh, I'm assuming probably because of the hardware and everything, it's probably a smaller, you know. Uh, chipset and all that less hardware so they're they're charging mm-hmm. less I don't I know. It, it could also be because they want to go completely digital they have more control over a digital medium than they do over cds cds you can technically clone and you know give to your buddies if you wanted to, if you have the right software so there, there's some lack of control there but uh here in the states that's still going for double that price so a thousand dollars on the resale market so um, not what is it about these things? What, what is it about these things? Because I'm not hearing prices and demands for the new Xboxes. I guess there's a new Xbox out this year, too. I'm not hearing any uh, any calls for uh, price hikes and scarcities and all that stuff. There's no demand for it. So what's the difference? I'm not really sure if uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually not sure. Um, I don't know much about either of the consoles. I'm not a console gamer anymore, so I don't really stay up on top of what consoles are doing. Um, But apparently there's a a shortage of them. And um, I don't know if that is a shortage or if it's just because we've been on lockdown and people are uh, relying on video games and their Netflix and everything more now. And they're just wanting to get the next console. Um, 
could be as well. There's some upcoming games that are going to release soon that might be on console. Again, I haven't been keeping track of it. Um, that could be spurring sales. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's uh, exclusive deals that PlayStation will have that Xbox won't. Um, so maybe there's a highly anticipated title that's coming on on the PlayStation and people are, are scrambling to get their copy as well as the, the PlayStation before the holidays. People are waiting in, uh, in line and freezing temperatures for these things, aren't they? Yeah, and um, this is in uh, Troy, Michigan. Uh, they said they had uh, about 100 shoppers make a mad dash when the doors opened uh, to, to get a PS5. Um, uh-huh. It says the line started forming following a rumor online that Walmart would have some of the consoles for sale. A rumor. Um, a rumor. You see, this, that- you see this mass hysteria consumerism we've been, uh, we've been plagued with? You see this crap? One of these people that go stampeding into Walmart to get a PlayStation 5. Those types of people have no reason to live. If that's what they live for. Some of the customers stood outside of Walmart for seven hours in sub-zero temperatures. That's ridiculous. You'll stand outside. You'll stand outside of a Walmart to go in there on a hunch that you heard online, but you won't stand up for your rights. That's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. You know, uh, as as I've seen... I got slapped in the face with it last night. Uh, I was watching some um, streams as I was winding down for bed. Bruce, I told you, I told you not to mess with those BLM and Antifa people after hours. I told you not to mess with them. uh, Yeah, Um, they were uh, playing some games, watching them and, you know, enjoying the streams. And then they made an off comment about politics and it started the the conversation went there. And you, you constantly get slapped in the face of this. It gamers, a lot of them are left leaning. Uh, at least in the streaming world, uh, and and it just you keep getting slapped in the face with that with that stuff, and they they they. You know um, something? If I play a game, or if I'm watching a game like on one of these streaming platforms or something, which I mean, uh, you know, it's not very often, but um, yeah, when I do, I don't want to hear any of that stuff, right? No. We we do politics in enough of the, here. That's enough. I, I want to go there. I mean. Uh, most of the time when I do play a game, it's usually a couple hours and it's usually you and I getting away from all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. it. And we don't talk politics in there. Uh, we, we we play our game. We enjoy ourselves. We, we take ourselves. We give ourselves a couple hour break. And that's about it. Yep. Yep. And uh, it, that's exactly so streaming video games. Those kind of things are like sports to us um, for many Americans. It's a it's a place to unhook um, and, and detach from reality for a short time to to kind of uh, recover mentally, um, uh, movies are that way, you know, so on and so forth. Some people take it to an extreme. You can't do politics all the time. This will kill you. Literally. Exactly. It will drive you insane. And we try to, to maintain a balance here. And sometimes I don't think we do it enough, but, um, yeah, there are some days you just need to unplug. And honestly, I think that's another reason we started doing some of these break room podcasts is because it gives us a chance to unplug. I actually had a comment back from a listener today. They want us to do another room 101. And you know what? It, we need that break. So, uh, we'll get the, I'll get the guys together. Uh, I'll, I'll do it over the next few days and, uh, and we'll throw a room 101 together next week, hopefully. Yeah. We, we had talked about doing a room 101 here before the election stuff. Um, well, I don't think it was before the election stuff. It was a few yeah. weeks ago we had talked about doing one, but because yeah. of the election stuff and yeah, it all went crazy. All the stuff breaking, yeah, we we weren't able to. But we did have. I did sit down. It was on Thanksgiving, though. I did sit down with uh, with Carlos and, and Brian on the on the last break room podcast, and Carlos is actually going to join us for the next uh, room one one. So we have another contestant. I do have to get in touch with uh, Jason. He's going to be our judge since he won the last time, 
And of course, uh, of course, Marty will be there. Uh, and I mean, you got to have Marty there for that. It was his idea. It'd be, it'd be just, it wouldn't be proper to not have him there. So he, he's got to be there. Uh, and I would love to have GP on. He kind of tipped in for the last one, but um, yeah. I, I have to go back on my statement about maybe people are waiting for game releases for Call of Duty or Call of Duty freaking for the PS5. No, no, Call of Duty's the the biggest name that I'm seeing here or Assassin's Creed. And those are already out on PC. So it, it's kind of like, if you're in the gaming world, you know about streaming and you've probably already watched either videos or streams of people playing those games. So your, your hype for it isn't all that much. So there's no games coming up that are, uh, it looks like there's one, two, three, four, five titles that I'm seeing so far that are coming out with the PlayStation 5. So there's really no reason to scramble to get a PS5. Uh, so I, I have no idea. Oh, well. All right. On up to space. I saw the launch the other day. Next generation cargo dragon spacecraft so this is something that's going to be able to double up it's going to be able to haul cargo and a crew uh and it's a uh, yeah it's it's the next one that's uh that's now along which is funny because i was asking the other, i was asking you the other day i said how many of these capsules do they actually have well apparently this is the newest one and at least um, two at least, yeah, at least two now. Uh, they have arrived at the International Space Station. So it was a successful resupply mission. So all of it actually made it, which is good. Uh, first time off. That, Go ahead. The first time that two SpaceX um, capsules were side by side attached to the space station. It's the first time. And it was all done by automation. Yeah. That's what's fascinating about all of it. This is always, it was all done by automation, which I think when they put the crew up there... It's the same way, right? It's all done by automation. They're there just yeah. in case something goes wrong, I think, more right. or less. Yeah, they're, they're able to take control if they have to. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating how we can actually pinpoint that. You know, you're traveling at, what is it, like 24,000 kilometers an hour, and, and you can actually, man, that's, that's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's blazing fast. So this is the same, uh, this is the same uh, commercial crew mission uh, that launches the uh, the satellite and, or excuse me, the Starlink satellites. Uh, and of course, Falcon 9 comes back and it lands on a drone ship in the Atlantic Ocean. That's absolutely fascinating how it does that. Uh, and I forget the name of the ship. It was, it's like, um, um, I love you too, or something like that is the, is the name of See, I love you too is the name of the ship or something. You know, he, you know, Musk came up with that name. He had to have, yeah. he, he had to have. Hey. Yeah, let's see if uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. The Dragon flying a mission designated as CRS twenty one is carrying it. Yeah, we went over the uh, the cargo, uh, two thousand nine hundred seventy two kilograms of cargo, both within the spacecraft itself and its and in its external trunk. It's scheduled to dock autonomously with the, the Zenith port on the space station's Harmony module at one thirty p.m. Eastern on December seventh, which did happen. So uh, there is um, three drones um drone ships the first one which has and been retired now it's exactly that it's a drone ship there's no crew or there's no driver on it whatsoever right yeah it's it's that's exactly yeah it's it's a drone ship uh the first one was uh in 2015 um it was called just read the instructions that was the name of that <laughs> one. uh the current one which was um that the, the first one was retired okay uh th this one is the of course i still love you which is the one they're currently that's using. it yeah um but there's also 
another one which is associated with uh, some of the Starlink. Well, they're both associated with Starlink stuff, but there's another one as well that's just read the instructions. The second, uh, so it's it's a reiteration of the of that one. So they're both yeah. more than likely. I think what they're doing is is one is in the Atlantic and the other one's in the Pacific. That's probably what's oh, going you. on there with the the two drone ships. The interior is designed to which uh, that that would be odd. Just on a side note, that that would be odd. So if Falcon 9 lands on a drone ship in the Pacific, that's one hell of a trip to get it back. Um, That's true. So it would have to be in the Atlantic. It has to be the Atlantic. Unless they launch. They don't have launch pads in California, do they? No. It's only in Florida. It's always Kennedy. Yeah, it's always Kennedy. It's always Canaveral. Okay. Well, okay. Well, scratch that idea. Then it's uh, Hmm. maybe it's just for different launches, you know. Having them in different places in the the uh, uh-huh. Atlantic, and I think we always land in the Atlantic as well. The capsule always comes back in sense. the Atlantic. Yeah. Well, the I know when I was looking over the the records there, it was like the fourteenth that was one to be landing, and uh, October fourteenth, and then there was another one like the twenty fourth. So they they you know uh, they may just have it so they can position it out there. Yeah, and okay, but I was I, I don't think that was always the case because. Uh, if you look at the early missions back in the day, they would land in the Pacific. But of course, times were different then. So uh, you couldn't pinpoint things with, with accuracy like you can now and time the uh, the reentry. Uh, well, I mean, you could, but you kind of want to wait for your window, I guess, especially now because you're, you're in orbit, you can wait. Uh, whereas before, I guess you really couldn't do that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm, not a, I'm not a NASA scientist or an engineer, so I can't. I can't tell you how any of that stuff works. But okay, about this new one, the interior is redesigned to accommodate cargo with about 20 percent more volume than the first generation of Cargo Dragon. The spacecraft can host eight powered lockers for research payloads. Nice at launch and 12 for its return to Earth compared to six such lockers on both launch and return for the earlier Dragon version. Dragon can support more lockers for the return than at launch since it can use additional power that at launch is needed for external payloads. So the new one can stay at the ISS for up to 75 days, twice as long as the original version, although for this mission it will be docked at the station for about 35 days. Don't want to overdo it on the first mission, I suppose. Kind of take your time, I guess. Right. The spacecraft, which can dock directly with the station rather than being berthed by the station's robotic arm, is designed to be used at least five times. That's it? Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I I guess re-entry five times, I guess that's enough. I, I, I would assume that would be enough. Uh, I'm assuming that's probably what it has to do with because re-entry on those. I mean, you're reaching a very high temperature on re-entry. So, right. uh, yeah. Uh, they say that um, SpaceX plans to use uh, LC-39A for cargo Dragon missions in the future, taking advantage of the crew's access arm, therefore loading times, uh, therefore loading time sensitive cart. Therefore, loading time-sensitive cargo. That is a huge advantage for us to be able to perform late car- late load cargo while the vehicle is already vertical. It allows us to do it even closer to T-O? T- time out? I, I don't know. I, take take off? off? Yeah, take off, I suppose. Like Crew Dragon, the new, the new Cargo Dragon will splash down just off the coast of Florida rather than in the Pacific, hundreds of kilometers from California as the first generation of Dragon Cargo spacecraft. Okay, so I guess it does splash down over there. Though I think Falcon 9 wouldn't be over there because you'd have to, I mean, that's one, I guess transporting a capsule is a little bit easier than transporting a whole, yeah. a whole rocket. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That will enable some research payloads to be handed over to scientists as soon as four hours after splashdown. It's really critical capability for biological payloads. Yeah, okay, research centers out in California, universities doing studies and things like that. I could see that. So, uh, yeah, but great. Yeah, new advances. 
When's the Starship yeah. flight? Well, it's coming up. It should be soon, if not already. Let's see. I mean, Bruce, we got to get the star. We, we got to hurry up and, and get the Starship thing figured out as a as a civilization. I mean, Musk really needs to get on the ball. We have got to get up there and and rendezvous with that um, that alien race that lives under the surface of of Mars that the uh, that the Israeli uh, intelligence guy told us about. Oh yeah, the. Uh- uh, he, he wasn't intelligence. It was a professor and a was he a professor? Uh, retired general. Well, I guess I want to technically. That'd be I want to know. I want to know. Was he a professor in California where weed is legal? <laughs> uh, I know. I, I, I think he's a professor at the uh, in Israel. So. In Israel. Okay. I don't think marijuana is legal for recreational use over there. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't no. think. So the launch of Starship was actually scheduled for today. Today. Okay. Did uh, they delay the it? Launch webcast. The launch webcast was expected to begin at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so uh, that's right now. Yeah, that is right now. That is literally right now. I did notice when I was looking at stuff earlier, there was um, SpaceX was live. So I'm assuming they're going to be uh, trying to do that today. Yes. That, yeah, that's that's all of what I'm seeing is it, it'll be today sometime uh, uh, today. So fantastic. How that goes. Yeah, fantastic. All right. We are out of time. So we are going to have to go. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics more. Please tune in later on this afternoon and I hope everyone has a great morning.